Does your age automatically rule you out of some of the more physically demanding careers? This episode will show you why the answer to that question is an emphatic no. I'm Jeremy Klein and this is Change Work Life. Welcome to Change Work Life, the show that's all about beating the Sunday evening blues and enjoying Mondays again. My guest this week is Mark Trussell of GoMark Personal Training. Mark became a personal trainer at the age of 42, and in this episode we discuss why he did it, and how he plans to make sure he has a long career ahead of him in what is, let's face it, a physically demanding line of business. Hi Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, pleasure to be here. Can you start by telling us about yourself and what it is that you do? Yes, certainly. Uh, My name is Mark Trussell. I'm 47 and I'm a personal trainer with my uh, personal training business, GoMark PT. You mentioned that you're 47. I gather you only came to personal training when you were, was it 42, you said? 42, that's right. Yeah, I got, previously I was in financial services. I was in marketing, professional marketeer in in financial services for for a good number of years. Got made redundant and uh, that was... Christmas 2014 and just decided to basically make my hobby my business. So I've been previously into endurance sports for the last 10, 12 years. And I thought, well, I enjoy this so much. Why not make a career out of it? So I became qualified as a personal trainer in the summer of 2015. When you were made redundant, I've, I've spoken to people before. Um, there was a, a previously I spoke to on the podcast who said when he was uh, found out he was going to be made redundant, he was the only one with a great big smile on his face. Was it the sort of the kick that you needed to do what you do now, or did it come as a complete surprise and you had to really think about what you're going to do next? How did that all pan out? Uh, that all panned out. How I mean, initially we were kind of told we had the kind of the kind of you know the review period that kind of thing. I was initially looking to get into stay with marketing like I was looking at maybe you know companies like EasyJet, Britannia that kind of thing because I've previously been in the travel business as well travel agent for five years thought well how about you know combining that combining the marketing element with airlines holidays that kind of thing but it was actually my it was actually somebody said you know you would make a very good personal trainer and I thought well why don't I just give that a go I think it was the kind of the kick that I needed in order to kind of launch that because I I think uh, having not been made redundant I'd probably be in the same career path that I would that would have been those years ago. So was this suggestion made to you after you'd been made redundant or had someone mentioned it beforehand? Beforehand. It was beforehand. It was it was over dinner. I can't remember where, but it was over dinner. And I was, yeah, you make a very good personal trainer. So I kind of I, that kind of thought kind of stayed with me, elements of it. Not enough for me to actually go ahead and do it. Okay. So it's just something that was in the back of your mind, but not something that you ever thought you'd really do. Absolutely, yeah. So you, if you hadn't been made redundant, you think you'd still be there, still be in marketing, still be. In I probably services? would still be. I, I think I'd probably still be in financial services along the lines. Yeah, in marketing, probably doing what I was doing all those years ago. Tell me more about the decision to become a personal trainer. Then, so you're made redundant. You've got this idea in the back of your head. Was it then that you thought, yes, I'm going to give personal training a go? Were you thinking, actually, no, I'm going to try and find another job doing something else? What was your thought process like at the time? Uh, the thought process was, it was. I mean, we when we were made redundant, we were given. I said we were given kind of. Uh, there was three of us in the marketing department that was that were made redundant. So we were given adequate time to sort CVs out basically look for jobs in the time kind of running up to the redundancy that's what I was doing and then kind of later on I thought well 
you know, I'll give this personal training thing a go. So I was made, as I said, I was made redundant in the December and I started my gym instructor's course in the January. Yeah, basically kind of just left the company running really and um, just, you know, went into that aspect of it. It was, it was a case of, yeah, okay, well, what about this? I've got the opportunity to do something I want to do. So this is the perfect time to do it. I mean, the timing wasn't perfect, never is. We were in the process of uh, selling our house. We had a f- uh, five-year-old at the time and a nine-month-year-old as well. So timing element was was terrible, but I think there's no real good time to do. There's no perfect time to do anything. It just worked as it was. No, the, the stars never align. <laughs> absolutely, yes. absolutely. So how much did you know about personal training as a career rather than as a you know fitness as a hobby when you took the decision to go down this route? Nothing really, not that much really. I mean, it was good. I, I was lucky enough to be able to get a grant through, I think it was a government grant that I mean, if you're over a certain age, then you kind of, then the government will pay an element towards your gym instructor qualification. I mean, it's, it's two stages. So you become a gym instructor first, which is level two. Then you become a personal trainer, which is level, level three. From the element between level two and between level three, you've got the option to specialize in certain aspects, which I specialized in uh, CrossFit, which is a uh, functional training, and also Spartan SGX, which is group training based around obstacle course race methodology. The first one was a week's course offsite in, uh, at Stephen Swimming Pool, and learning the fundamentals of gym instruction, physiology as well. So learning about the muscles, the bones, that kind of thing. It finished with a practical exam on the gym floor. So from that developed into the level three element, which is more like tailoring fitness plans for individuals and looking deeper into the um, physiology of the body. So when you started the training course, how long did you expect that it would take well, basically, before you'd start earning money, I mean, what was the sort of expected journey before you had paid employment as a gym instructor? And how did it actually pan out? It panned out. That's a good question, because I mean, initially, the gym instructor, okay, so you're a gym instructor, that's fine. That's great. You can go and get a job in the gym. You, you, know, you can go and get a job as a fitness, as a fitness trainer in the gym. But the personal training element, that's when you can actually, that's where you can get your insurance as well in order to train individuals rather than walking around the gym checking equipment that kind of thing and so yeah so it's i would say a couple of months after i don't know a few weeks after the personal training element you have got this kind of sort of going to say element of kind of honeymoon theory even where people who know you people you're new to it and they say okay yeah great okay well i know you so let's let's kind of train together you're still learning the ropes as you're going along for the first i would say for the first year or so but now i'm still still learning all the time as well and how much of a risk did it feel like when you started down this road pretty big risk but i was i did get some redundancy money so i was kind of i was okay for a while it was i had a bit of a buffer in that element rather than i don't think yeah as i, as I said previously i don't think i would have just left the job and gone into this personal training fitness you know personal training element because i wouldn't need financial backing for that at what stage did your wife know that you were planning to do this i mean had she already got an inkling before you were made redundant did it come as a complete surprise at the time you were made redundant that you announced no i'm not going to get another marketing job i'm going to become a personal trainer can you tell me a bit about that yeah i think i mean she was very, i mean my wife kelly she was very supportive all the way through it was a case of you've got to make it work so you've got to enjoy what you're doing and this is the perfect opportunity to to go down the personal training route and you know what if it doesn't work then you've always got you've got your marketing background you've got the financial services background that you could go back into that industry as well so did you have a plan that you were going to give it for a certain length of time? I thought initially about 
three years, something like that, see how it was. Uh, well, obviously the first year, just to see how that goes and then develop it. But I mean, it's not easy. It's pretty, it's, it's, I would say it's pretty tough. There's always a concern about you haven't got a kind of a fixed income. You know where, you're kind of, where your clients are booked up, but uh, there's quite a few up and downs. But however, there's, I've been kind of given so many opportunities that I would have never have got if I'd have stayed in financial services. And that's why I'm kind of, that's why I've, I never kind of, I, I can't kind of look back on it. So what sorts of opportunities do you mean? Opportunities I've got. Is I work closely with Spartan Race, who are an um, obstacle course race company. I'm the highest qualified Spartan SGX coach in the country, which is great. I go to races. I do MCing. I've done MCing for races, start line warm-ups, finish lines. I've done obstacle course racing training courses. I coach online. And also I've got the opportunity this year to do some coaching in Spain as well. Really looking forward to that for the, uh, for the odd weekend over the summer. I've got to ask this question with a certain degree of trepidation, but when you started the fitness coach at age 37, were you at the upper end of the age bracket of your fellow students or was it sort of pretty typical that a lot of the people starting down this road um, were not sort of just starting out in work? Uh, That's a good question. I, I, I was kind of up, there was a couple of people on the course that were, they were around my age. They were doing the course as a development of their career in leisure industry. I think I was probably the probably the old. Uh, yeah, I think I was at the time. I was the oldest one there. So yeah, it was more kind of twenty something, something like you know. I would say on the course, if I remember. But yeah, I was one of the one of the more mature students, as it were. Was that ever something that you thought about might put you off? You know, it's a young man's game or anything like that. No, not at all. No, I coach on my background is endurance sport i coach on experience rather than going through the motions of sets and how you traditionally traditionally coach as a personal trainer i'm previously ironman triathlon double m ironman triathlon um ultra marathons the way i coach is basically i apply what i've done to i can coach somebody how to actually get it done based on my methodology i think that's with age comes experience so that's that's how i look at it I guess it gives you a certain amount of credibility if you can say, yes, I've done, you know, these Ironman triathlons and these ultramarathons and all that sort of thing. Then yeah, definitely. People will look at you and go, oh, yes, he's done it rather than a 22-year-old who's just starting out, say. Yeah, that's it. Who's got it from a manual, you know, <laughs> who's got it from a manual or, or he's read an article on, on how to coach it. So, yeah, I coach purely, coach purely on, on experience. Is the physical training is it a, a physical job in itself? And kind of where I'm getting to is, I mean, does it have a longevity, a shelf like? I mean, you, you hear about people in trades who, you know, by, I don't know, age 50, they're back snackered and that sort of thing. Mm. What sort of career, length of career do you think that you can have or intend to have or would like to have as a personal trainer? I think, again, you've got to be active. You've got to be moving. So if you're kind of, as I said, if you kind of like a trade, if, or for example, if you've done your backing or something like that, then that's not going to help because you can't get out there and coach because you're, you're helping with the weights, you're picking weights up, you're showing people the moves, you're running with them. I mean, strictly, it could be kind of a, I think it is, a, sometimes it can be classes, you know, it's a bit of a young man's game. However, there are kind of other elements to it. I can't see myself in the kind of longer term, I can't see myself coaching from a one-to-one basis for years and years and years to come. I think it would have to be, I would like to go down the online route, online programming, online coaching, and also as a resource to companies for their coaching as well, maybe on a consultancy basis, that kind of thing. What does online coaching and being an online resource look like? Online programming, I think that was the phrase you used. 
I've got clients around the country who I coach. We check in once a week uh, with a call, video call, to see how we're doing, any tweaks that need doing. And also, I'll set them out a program, basically a four-week program at a time, you know, for the goals they want to do, whether that be an obstacle course race, which I specialize in, or whether it be an ultramarathon, or whether it be a some other kind of triathlon, even some other kind of event. They do kind of come to me. It's more, the online element is more specific. They come with a specific goal, an end goal rather than I want to get fit. That's more on the one-to-one side. Okay. So what, what sort of a goal is that to run a marathon or to do one of these Spartan races or something like that? Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, usually it's, it's mainly kind of Spartan racing that I help people with. Obstacle, as I said, Spartan racing, obstacle course racing. And also, other, uh, as I said, also other elements. It's not, and it's not only the physical side as well, it's the mental side. Which, which I'm very, very interested in. The basically the kind of, you've got to have it in your head in order to complete it. So these Spartan races, these are the ones where you've got to, I don't know, scale a 10-foot wall, drop into freezing mud and all that sort of thing. Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, mud runs, which are very popular in the UK at the moment. So yeah, so you've got like, I would say, 5K distance, 10K distance, half marathon distance. And from that, you've got a number of obstacles that you have to complete, whether that be scaling walls, whether that be, I don't know, flipping tires, throwing spears, carrying heavy objects, that kind of thing. So it's basically kind of spiced up race. And the online coaching that you do for people to help them get through that, what sort of form does that take? Is that just you sort of sitting down and talking to someone about what to do or do you sort of get up and demonstrate things? Well, what we what I like to do if possible, I mean, I've got a series of, I've been kind of expanding a series of videos on YouTube as well, which show techniques in terms of rope climbing, in terms of scaling walls. And as well as that, I tailor the programming to the event. It's not always possible. It's very difficult to, unless you've got a specific place to go to to replicate these kind of things. I'll program the individual so that they're experiencing the same sort of stresses and that the body experiences the same sort of stresses they would as per an obstacle race. Okay, so where I'm going with this, this sounds like something that you can potentially do. It doesn't take the physical toll. It's something that you could do for the next 15, 20 years if you wanted to. Is that right? Yeah, I could well do. I mean, if you want to kind of, if it was, if it was something that I kind of got sell globally rather than, yeah, I mean, something sell globally kind of, you know, stack it high, sell it cheaper because we've got a one overall program that I would produce. I prefer to actually program on a personal one-to-one basis because everybody's different. You mentioned, you used the word passion earlier when you were talking about personal training and someone yeah. saying, why don't you go into it, which is, is something that's come up several times actually. And I always think it's interesting with following your passion, the danger of you losing the passion in the thing because you're making a job out of it. So, you know, when you are doing all the races and you're doing all the training and all that sort of stuff, you're doing it for the love of it. But then when you've got to earn money out of it and you've got to find coaches and you've got to do it no matter what, even if you don't feel like it or whatever. Is that something that you've been alive to? Is it something that you've experienced? Is there? Can you see how making a job out of it could risk sort of losing the, the passion that started you down this road in the first place? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a, can be, for want of a better term, it can be a bit of a poison chalice, I would say, in terms of that. Because, I mean, at, weekend, because at weekends, that's when a lot of people like to train. That kind of stops me sometimes being able to do what I want to do in terms of the race itself. But, I mean, that sounds a bit cliche, but when you see what you've done to help people in terms of them getting over the obstacles and in terms of 
the training and then completing the race. And that kind of passion goes over to them, as it were. It's kind of you getting your passion from that person because you've helped them achieve it, even though you haven't, even though you may not have done it yourself at that time. But you've already done it, so you've inspired other people to do it, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you do want to kind of continue. I mean, I will, I will take the odd weekend out when I can to, to uh, continue with the races. You know, I'm not training. I mean, the kind of the other way, the other side is I'm not training. And I'm not racing as much as I did previously because I'm coaching other people to do so. And when do you fit family life around all this? You mentioned you've got two young kids. Two young kids, yeah. I mean, I try to do a lot of my training early in the morning. So I've got people who I coach at six in the morning and I try to kind of close that off in the evenings just because just so we've got some kind of time in the family as well. Sometimes with personal training, it's a case of you, you're working all hours because you work in the, you work, you know, you work in the hours at people's free time. So if they're kind of working nine to five, nine to six o'clock, you have to coach at seven eight o'clock but i try not to do that i try and just keep it weekends yeah i appreciate i coach in the mornings at weekends trying to keep the afternoons free and during the day as well i've, I've got clients that i do coach during the day to who are on kind of who are, who are on different shift patterns and early in the morning as well before work what was the thing that was most surprising or that was most different about doing this for money essentially doing it as a job rather than doing it just for pleasure what, what was the sort of the if you like the most challenging thing that arose as a result of switching in that direction i think dealing with people i was dealing in a kind of a it was a big financial services firm and you were dealing with people on a professional level whereas here you're dealing with people on a personal level and also uh, marketing i would say i was very good at marketing with other people's money however it's sometimes a bit of a challenge when it's your own money as well I was going to ask you about that. I mean, do you think that your marketing experience has helped you in this career? It has helped. But again, I think I'm, it's because I'm so close to the business. I'm so close to go mark personal training. It can be challenging because you look at it on a very kind of one level, quite insular, rather than a broader spectrum when it's a company you're actually working for. And I, I guess it could be well, quite a lonely thing, actually. I mean, do you have a support network, I don't know, a mastermind group of other personal trainers. Who do you go to talk to if you've got a particular problem in the business and you need some advice on it? I don't really kind of network that much with per local personal trainers, only kind of guys, uh, you know, and ladies that I see in the gym. Uh, and we kind of, you know, we talk about stuff. We talk about the challenges of, of coaching on, on a one-to-one -one and, and also on a group basis as well. But it's kind of, I also coach as well, groups of people as well. So they're kind of a I would say they're a kind of a network as well because you, you do hear everybody's problems and things like that. Part of an obstacle course racing team as well. That's a community network. No, not really kind of network with other personal trainers, actually. That's a very good point. Okay. And when it came to the business side then, I mean, what sort of support did you have in terms of turning this into a business, you know, getting paid, charging money, how much you should charge? Presumably there's all sorts of insurances and all that sort of thing. And, and is that just come out of the courses that you did or is it stuff that you have to learn separately? I mean, it's pretty basic. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty basic. You've, you've got to have an hourly, you, you have an hourly rate, you have a day rate, you have a monthly rate where you get a certain amount of uh, sessions for, uh, for a discounted rate. You've then got a company called Reps who, who look after the insurance the rest of it is kind of self-done. I've got, I mean, I've got an accountant that I use for, my, for the tax return and that's it really. And you kind of relationship with the gym and how much rental 
you pay and on, and on what terms. So you can basically, you, you do kind of just not make it up as you go along, but you kind of, I suppose, <laughs> I suppose it is. It's kind of, it's however you want to do it. Whether, whether or not you coach from home, whether or not you coach at an individual's house, whether or not you coach from a gym, from a gym or in a field or at a facility. It's all pretty, I would, I would say, I mean, it's probably quite scary at first because you just don't know where to start. But I think it's just something that you learn as the job goes on. Okay. So it is literally just picking it up as you do it. Picking it up as you do it. Exactly. Exactly right. And when it comes to the the business development side of things, getting clients, how, how do you do that? And is that an uncomfortable part of the job or something that you're quite happy with? A lot of it comes from recommendations from the gym. A lot of it comes from social media. I'm very quite heavy used. Or I use a lot on Instagram, Facebook and face-to-face at races as well you get to know the especially i mean i do keep mentioning it but the obstacle course racing community it's quite it's quite small although it's getting bigger and bigger it's quite small and so everybody kind of knows each other that's where you got you get a lot of business and recommendations from that community people talking to each other saying i've coached with this person um you know and he's good and um give him a go and what's the toughest thing about what you do what's if someone had a magic wand and they could say mark i can make this disappear for you i can get someone else to do it what would that be I think from a personal from a personal basis, it's it's something you have to do in terms of notice periods, charging people, charging people for sessions when they cancel. That's difficult, but you've got to do it. Mm-hmm. You've got to treat everybody the same, that kind of thing. I mean, so if you've got notice, that's fine. But if somebody cancels, I don't know, the, the night before or a couple of hours before they're due to train, you've got to say, well, I'm sorry, I've got to take this as a paid session. And, and people are very understanding of that as well. And how do you manage your risk on that? Do you take sort of upfront payments? Try and take up upfront payments, yeah. Try and, as much as possible. I mean, that kind of negates it really uh, as mm. much, but it's just rather, rather than, okay, we'll say that's a, sorry, that you've used, you've used your credit for that session, you know, that kind of thing because of the late notice. It is a lot more difficult if people are paying cash. So uh, <laughs> but try and get the payment upfront. And have you had any difficulties with that, people kicking up a stink where you've uh, charged them for a session which they've cancelled late? Not so much. No, it's just, I think it's kind of the trepidation in my head of doing it. And it's, no, it's never as bad as you think it is. I think there's a lot of things like that where you, you kind of dread it and then you come to do it and actually it's not so bad at all. Exactly. Exactly. People appreciate you running a business. You're not doing it, even though you are doing it for fun, you're not doing it for the fun of it. Five years from now, 10 years from now, what do you think your business is going to look like? I think hopefully it's going to be kind of more on a more kind of consultancy basis. I would like to stick into the sports industry and also, yeah, I mean, looking to maybe work for a kind of a, a company on, a, on this kind of consultancy business to actually use my, use my skills as a personal trainer, use my skills as a marketeer and use my experience in the world of endurance sports. How that looks, I'm not too sure. But I like the idea of working for charities as well. Ch- charity, the, the, kind of the, the charity sector does appeal to me. They do. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot more directorship in terms of charity events that involve obstacle course racing, that involve running. So I'd like to kind of look down that avenue as well. So let's look into the future. Looking backwards, if you knew now what no, if you'd known then what you know now, is this a change that you would have made earlier? Do you think? I think so. Yeah, my career has stemmed from travel agency to financial services to personal training, which is. which is quite varied but yeah i think it's something i would have done earlier definitely so if you could go back in time to any point in your history do you can choose when that might be when would that be and what would you say to yourself i think it would have been when i made perhaps when i became a because i've when i received my financial planning certificate because i I had i was associate chartered 
Institute of Marketing. So professional marketeer. And I think at that point, when I had that qualification, maybe I kind of should have just moved on at that point rather than kind of leaving it five, four or five years down the line after that. Yeah, really interesting to hear about you know, what Good. you're doing and, and your change. A question I ask all my guests is whether you've got any particular resource which has helped you, be it a quote book, just something which, which has helped you th- through your journey and which might help other people. Something that kind of does resonate a lot is an ex-manager of mine said, this is when I had to do a presentation to somebody, oh, sorry, to a sales team. It was be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that has kind of stayed with me through everything really through kind of through one-to-one coaching through coaching big groups through emceeing at races and and also through the events themselves when you're kind of you get towards the end end of an event and you're struggling you've got to be comfortable with being that uncomfortable that's great i love that and and i think you can also turn it around the other way i think if you find yourself feeling too comfortable then it's possibly time that you need to start absolutely yeah yeah definitely yeah exactly where can people go to get hold of you, find out more about you if they'd like to get in touch? My website is gomark.net, which is G-O-M-A-R-C.net. And I'm on Instagram as gomarkpt. So it's gomark, G-O-M-A-R-C underscore P-T. And that's on Instagram. That's it, yeah. Fantastic. Okay, I'll link to all that in the show. Yeah, great stuff. Mark, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Mark Trussell of GoMark Personal Training. One of the recurring themes in this podcast is how some guests have used redundancy as a kick up the backside, really, to get out of a career they're not really enjoying and starting to do something different. And they've always said that they wish they'd made the change sooner. I mean, it's great that they've used what could be an extremely stressful time and much uncertainty to create an opportunity, but part of me does wonder, why do you wait until then? I like the fact that Mark recognises he's in a career where he's going to have to think quite carefully about his future. It's not a desk job that you can necessarily do well into your 60s, and Mark's clearly thinking about how he can continue with his personal training in the future. Show notes with links to all of Mark's contact details are on the website. They're at changeworklife.com forward slash 3030. And you'll also find a link there to Apple Podcasts, and it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. It really does help people find the show. Clearly running the Spartan races that Mark coaches on needs both physical and mental resilience, and it's mental resilience that my guest and I focus on next week. If you've got the feeling that your work isn't doing much for your mental health, then you'll want to listen to this one. I can't wait to see you there. Cheers. Bye. (laughs) 